Hey there, chatters. I'm Nat. Hey, and I'm Kat, and welcome to the Crime Chat. Uh, I am your forensic femme fatale, and Natalie is your true crime addict connoisseur. We're just two girls who burn most of their daily calories by jumping to conclusions while we obsess about dark crimes, evil minds, <laughs> and occasionally the unknown. <laughs> If I could burn every calorie by jumping to conclusions, that'd be great. Here's your disclaimer, chatters. The following crime chat contains adult content and descriptions of extremely violent scenarios that we're going to talk about today. So Mm. your listener discretion is advised. Yes, and you have been warned. So before we get into today's crime chat, we have some big news. We do. So exciting. Yes. So there I was. Picture it, Sicily, 1924. <laughs> yeah. So I was flipping through Facebook in when I was editing some of the video for one of our previous episodes. Uh-huh. It was on a part that I knew I was pretty much going to cut out, so I was letting it play. Pick up my phone, start flipping through Facebook, and I see this notification from RSS.com. Yes. Now, spoiler alert, if you follow us on social media, uh-huh. you will see this announcement already because it was instantaneous Uh rss.com is a company that we have to subscribe to in order to own our feed for their podcast right so before a podcast became so social so not socially but like so much spread Uh out to all the different avenues you had to have an rss feed yeah so we have an rss feed we subscribe to that and from there that's where it gets spread out everywhere right google apple everywhere right? Mm-hmm. everywhere you you get your podcasts they highlighted crime chat with nat and cat yes and what's the first thing i did you okay first of all <laughs> just picture this natalie's house not 2022 <laughs> i was in the shower and oh. all i heard in the background was my phone going off <laughs> over and over and over again and i think i still had soap in my hair when i came out of the shower i'm like what do you want she's like we're on rsss i was like forget it yeah and i was well and it's funny because i was like why isn't she answering (laughs) i think i called three times And then my sound wasn't working, so I called you again on my phone. Mm-hmm. And we've been spotlighted. And so shout out to RSS.com for highlighting yes. our podcast. And thank mm-hmm. you so much. We are truly humbled and just excited about the opportunity and the fact that you guys saw us. Yeah, they're listening. Just that you saw us. They, yeah. And they, they put us on their Twitter. And then they did, was it the Twitter challenge? Yep. So, yeah, Twitter went tweet 100. So we were number 78 out of 100 podcasts that they're highlighting for this Twitter challenge. That's crazy. What? I know. That's crazy. Okay. So actually what I did, I mean, I called you immediately, but I screamed first. So. <laughs> and then I called. <laughs> this just means a lot. It just means that we're like, we we feel like what we are passionate about and telling these stories and you know, and having fun doing it that people are listening. And we love you guys. We love you chatters. And we just want to say thank you. Share, like, keep chatting. Yes. Become a VIP mm-hmm. chatter. And we'll just keep this thing going as long as it stays. As long as we're on the tracks, we'll keep it chugging. Yes. Thank you, chatters. Thank, thank you. you. Yay. I mean, that's pre- pretty much like the biggest news. I I really haven't. Work's been kind of crazy. Um, but my husband and I have been watching the TV show series Reacher on Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. And it's pretty good. It's based off of Lee Child's 
book series Reacher. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not it's not bad at all. It's it's pretty good. It's very action packed. My husband really likes it, and I think he thinks that I enjoy watching the the lead character it happens, which I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> Is it like an espionage foreign like a? Because I'm hooked on John Wick. Yeah, so it's kind of like, so he's former military. He was a cop while he was in the military. Mm. His brother gets murdered. He goes to this town. He's like a vagabond. He just kind of roams around. He's no longer in the military, no longer military police or anything. He goes around into this one small town. His brother ends up coming there. His brother gets killed. So then he starts like partnering up with this very small town detective, like, Mm. like five cops in the whole police station kind of thing, like really small town. Right. To try and find out who killed his brother, what his brother was involved in. He didn't know what his brother was involved in, what kind of ring and everything like that. So we're probably, I don't know, maybe five or six episodes in. So it's pretty interesting. It's pretty good. What about you? I got to check it out. This week, honestly, I have been working a lot. I've been YouTubing a lot of my shows. And I, you know, uh-huh. you know me, I enjoy kind of going down the YouTube rabbit hole. And then oh yeah, I usually get hooked on drag race comedy skits and because I find that their yeah. their just version of life is just so much lighter and nice. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But then I went down another rabbit hole, which I figured for today, because although I know the topic of your subject, mm-hmm. I didn't look at your I didn't look at your story at all. <laughs> okay. I know. So I have no idea. But I figured to change it up a little bit and to do in the news. Ooh. So I figured we can do like Nat's Nutty News. Yes. Or Cat's, what was it? Well, Cat's Catastrophe. Cat, right. Cat, in, <laughs> in the headlines. A cat catastrophe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or we could just call it the litter box. You know what? That's not the first time. I had an office at one of the duty stations that I was at, and it was kind of like a corner in the back. Mm-hmm. And I, I go on leave, or I go away or something, and I come back after being gone for like a couple of weeks. And one of the guys put this thing on my little, like above my desk that said, welcome to the litter box. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> I like it. Where we cover up our own shit. <laughs> <laughs> And wait for other people to take care of the mess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh. oh, gosh. Yeah. So, okay. I'm ready for yeah. this. Yeah. Nat's news. Nat's news. Nat's nutty Nat's nutty news. So, the first, the three headlines that I picked are from 2019, 2017, and then 2012. Okay. One of them is actually the the crime was committed, I want to say, less than two miles away from my house. <gasps> well, okay, because uh, that's one of the things I figured out in this story that I'm covering today is um, it has a very, very close tie to uh, crimes in our backyard. Are you kidding? <gasps> so that's exciting. I'm glad you... Okay. <laughs> so we're kind of like, Ooh. you know, crime chat linked to our bonus episode. Episode 10, we did a, a Crimes in Our Backyard bonus episode. So, yes. cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, so you ready for my three headlines? Yes, ready. All right, of course, Florida-based. We're going to go over the Florida man. People say, like, what's the Florida man? You see it on Twitter. You see it on Facebook, the Florida man. But yeah. the Florida man is basically just the silly, stupid stuff that happens in our beloved sunshine state. Florida. (laughs) So here are three crimes I would like to highlight. (laughs) The first one is a Florida man was arrested after stealing a crossbow by shoving it down his pants. Oh, they didn't like that either. (laughs) Your dog's like, what? That was great. (laughs) That was good timing. That was good timing. 
Hold on a second. Okay, ready? Yes. Okay. So Darren Durant, 46, was shown on CCTV at a True Value store on February 2nd. He was walking through the shop mm -hmm. before the security cam showed him picking up a Raven Rio crossbow. Are you familiar with them? Uh, Do you know what that is? Just a crossbow. I didn't, you know. I mean, I'm sure there's other models, but I don't know what the type. But yeah, I'm very familiar I'm with a crossbow, yeah. Oh my God. So he took the crossbow and then he shoved it down his pants and then just casually walked out of the store. <laughs> and amazingly, nobody stopped him. So he literally got out of the car before somebody picked him up for <laughs> Burglary. Oh my gosh, he like he was able to walk out of the store. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are you gonna mess with somebody who's gonna shove a crossbow down his pants? Well, I mean, it's not like it was loaded. You don't know what is loaded <laughs> in his pants, girl. <laughs> okay. To share. Okay. So the next Nats Nutty News headlines is. June 8th, 2017, Florida man desperate call to 911 for a ride from Hooters. Okay. John, Jonathan Hinckley allegedly told 911 dispatcher he needed a ride from the provocative eatery to help his grandmother who had fallen ill. So he called mm -hmm. 911 while he was at the Hooters saying, mm -hmm. I need, basically, I need a ride home. Cops picked him up, took him home, and then found out that his uh, grandmother was perfectly fine <laughs> and they ended up uh, arresting him and charging him for misusing 911 hey you can't can you blame him you need to run it's like yeah i get yeah 2017 well, oh we did have uber yeah. back then so he just i mean no. he didn't he called no excuse at least to get a ride it's better than a dui <laughs> it is it is and now my favorite yes. okay so this crime took place two miles away from my house all right and i remember because this was when I moved to Florida. This was yeah. the year I moved to Florida. So I kind of remember this in the news. This is was June 11th, mm -hmm. 2012, day before my birthday. Florida man arrested for calling 911 after kitten denied entry <laughs> into strip club. He was trying to bring his kitten into... So, well, the ironic part is this is not... Yeah. This was not the terms he used. Outside, he was arrested outside of the Emerald City Strip yep. Club, which is right in Fort Charlotte, two miles away from my house on Murdoch. And he repeatedly called 911 saying that the club owner refused to let his kitty in, which he used oh, a different word, yes. keyword, mm -hmm. which at the time when they televised it, he <laughs> used that it? word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, deputy said that they arrested him because he was for misusing 911 because that was his excuse. Wow. They refused to let his pee kitty into the club. Was it an actual like theme? line or was he talking about like a woman no it was a cat oh god it was a kitty cat so it was, a he, kitty cat. It was his emotional support animal who supported him while going to strip clubs he liked to st stroke it while he watched oh my god <laughs> <laughs> poor kitty cat oh that poor cat. kitty cat oh my god oh my lord i apologize chatters <laughs> sometimes there's no filter <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So that. Oh my God. That's funny. That, those are my three funny short uh, headline stories in the news. That, that's cool. I like the fact that it's so close to your house. Like, as I mentioned, that kind of ties into uh, the story we're going to go over today. And 
today's story is a chatter request. Yes, it is. So it's our first chatter request. So shout out to Debbie, our chatter out there. Thank you, Debbie. We are going to go over the ever so gruesome story of serial murder, rapist, abuser, assaulter, Mr. Pee Wee Gaskins. This is one of those stories that I I don't know at all. And you're going to, I know there's a lot of stuff I don't know that you're going to talk about. But this is one of those stories that no matter how bad it gets, Mm -hmm. it gets fucking worse. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it gets worse. And I, I even considered doing a two-parter for this one. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll cover it enough to just to do it justice and not to cover the story and not give him the publicity, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Okay. Makes total sense. So tying into our requester... Debbie. So I have a little story to tell about Miss Debbie and how I know her. Uh, We're in the same town. We're from the same town. And years ago, years and years ago, I was running an investigation and I ended up interviewing her as a witness. Oh. And then we found out we went to the same church and then her daughter was in my youth group. (sighs) And then like she sold Mary Kay. So I signed up on Mary Kay under her and then she became my hairdresser. And we're like this. I love you, Debbie. Oh my God. We're really close. She's a fantastic lady. I love her to pieces. I love Debbie now. And... It's just, so she sent me a message one one day a couple months ago maybe it says you got to cover Pee Wee Gaskins and I was like mm-hmm. okay sure let's do it so I want to say this also as a segue chatters out there yes send us your requests we will squeeze them in mm-hmm. our schedule, schedule. <laughs> I would I can't believe you just said that last night I was watching the news on YouTube and I was watching like the BBC yeah. and they kept on using that schedule schedule, schedule. and I was sitting there by myself in bed going like mouthing it going schedule schedule <laughs> like schedule why what? Schedule. <laughs> well schedule. I lived in England for a few years so I I'll throw some wickets out there every now and then yeah <laughs> not getting my my knickers in a twist right don't deal with those wankers the wankers the wankers right am I saying it I'm uh, that's There's... my that's my English New Yorker I was gonna say you're <laughs> your New Yorkers coming out and them wankers <laughs> I remember this was 25 years ago. I went to Amsterdam and I remember there was this one guy on the street that was just being an idiot. Yeah. And the guy that was walking behind me just like nudged me because everybody's super nice over there. Like everybody's so friendly. Mm -hmm. He nudged me. He goes, that bloody wanka. I've never heard of the word. I go, what do you, what does that mean? He goes that I, I'm calling him an idiot. That's wanka, and I'm like I I love it. Like <laughs> awesome. And bloody is like a substitute for like f like fucking like right. Mm-hmm. Idiot. That's what he said. Is what we would say. Bloody wanka. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. Uh-huh. But okay, so uh, today's story does tie in from a few episodes. Our bonus episode, episode 10. Uh-huh. Our very first bonus episode. We have another bonus episode coming up. And we have a crime chat recap coming up. So stay tuned. We're going to go over some of that craziness that's been going on. Yes. But this one ties into crimes in our backyard because Sir Pee Wee Gaskins has a tie in to my very town that I live in. Right meow. So uh-huh. he was like, if you don't know, chatters now you know Uh Pee Wee Gaskins a convicted murderer and rapist who killed more than a dozen people by stabbing shooting drowning poisoning you name it and he did it like he did it all he was also convicted of assault burglary statutory rape in 1975 
his crime sprees would come to an end because he was arrested for contributing to the delinquency of a minor of all things. He's been in and out of prison like his entire life. He had a really crappy upbringing too and I'll kind of get into that. But during the search from his home in Prospects, South Carolina, which isn't too far from here, they found eight buried bodies in the shallow graves of his property. He earned the nickname Pee-wee based on his very small stature and at only about 5'4 to 5'5 anywhere between 130 to 150 pounds. He was tiny. He was yeah, a guy. As an as an adult, <laughs> even though he was a tiny stature, his actions were comparable to very high and mighty. And that uh-huh. would kind of play into his characteristic and his you know kind of personality. Uh-huh. Claiming to have killed more than a hundred people, he was sentenced to death not once, but twice. Wow. During his crime spree, he would also be known as, quote, the meanest man in America, quote, the redneck Charles Manson. Oh, <laughs> Quote, the hitchhiker's killer, quote, and and then the last one, he was also known as, quote, Junior Parat. Okay. I've heard the hitchhiker's killer. Okay. Of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you a little bit why. And that's basically a lot of who he killed he claimed were hitchhikers. So. Okay. So most people know him as Pee Wee Gaskins. We just kind of talked about why, right? Because of his small stature. But he was born Donald Henry Perot Jr. on March 13th, 1933. Now, that's a lot of threes. Three thirteen thirty-three. <laughs> so I had to look it up and see if March 13th in 1933 was Friday the 13th, but it wasn't. Oh. I was a little disappointed. It was a Monday. Okay. <laughs> he was born in Florence, South Carolina, which is less than an hour, like a 45-minute drive from where I live. Uh-huh. He was born the last bastard or illegitimate child of Yulia Perot, uh-huh. who had a hard time keeping a roof over her family's head, clothes on their back, and she had a hard time even keeping her kids in the home. Like, they were being taken away. Oh. Okay. Yulia called Pee-wee Jr. throughout most of his life. And when Jr. would ask about his father, he was eventually told that his father was a wealthy landowner nearby. Like, in a nearby, not necessarily county, but, like, in a nearby area. Uh-huh. Surrounding area. Yulia said his father's last name was Gaskins. And from that day forward, he insisted his last name was Gaskins. This stuck so much that when he began his criminal court proceedings, they did a legal name change for him. So his name technically wasn't Gaskin. Like it, no, was, it was Perot. Now the court did that to... Because he was known because of his criminal history and he was oh, known so well. Got it. That in his court cases, he because he called himself that the witnesses called him Gaskins. Like, okay. So they actually did a legal name change and his le- name legally then became Donald Gaskins. Wow. Okay. So Pee Wee was often neglected as a child from Yulia, his mother and also endured abuse by other male relatives. For instance, when he was only one years old, he drank a bottle of kerosene that caused him to break out into convulsions for the next two years until he was about three years old. Like, he kind of had to grow out of it. Oh, my God. How he got a hold of kerosene? I don't know. (laughs) Other than not being watched. Yeah. In his adolescent years, he went on a crime spree Uh that included gang rape, burglaries and assaults with a group of other boys like in the neighborhood because he was pretty much like off doing his own thing yeah oh my god he would live with a man that he called uncle but it, it he wasn't sure himself and nobody kind of really knows if it was his mother's like cousin or or brother like but he was told to call him uncle uncle would abuse him in the home physically assault him he didn't even so Poor Pee-wee. He didn't even know his real name was Donald until it was read out loud at his very first court appearance. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. What? He thought his name was Pee-wee? Junior. Junior. His mother called him Junior. That's what he thought his name was. Oh, my God. 
Wow. Wow. So his mother always referred to him as Junior. That's just kind of what he thought his name was until he went to court for the first time. And I'll get into that. He was 13. 13 years of your life, you don't even know your real first name. That's fucked up. Yeah. Often described as a con artist and a manipulator, he was very uh, savvy, street smart, and actually had an overall good sense of humor, and some would call him, quote, had an entertaining personality. Okay. With his entertaining personality, I think that he enjoyed pleasing people. Yeah. Right? He he didn't really get, like, the, the attention at home, so he kind of went along to get along, and he would do things that made people happy, and, and I guess that means having a good sense of humor, telling jokes, right. doing this, doing that, and, you know, and being an entertaining person, you kind of get that self-satisfaction from other people's attention right and you're a survivor so you learn to please people adapt yeah adapt or if you're a psychopath or a sociopath (laughs) you definitely know how to wow so i mentioned his his court appearance when he was 13 years old he was convicted of assault when he hit a woman in the head with an axe after she caught him breaking into her home she confronted him and he then hit her in the head with an axe he was sentenced to five years in the south carolina industrial school for white boys in florence south carolina when was wait a minute that was the name of the school yeah it was the 40s Okay. This reform school, right? It was a reform school. (laughs) He would regularly be raped by other inmates. Oh, my God. He ended up escaping from the school, and it's not really too clear. At least I wasn't able to find any information why, but he turned himself back in, and he finished his sentencing. I guess, you know, he had good intentions or something. Like, okay, I'll go back. Well, so I'm thinking he was raped and abused because of his stature. He was tiny. Couldn't really defend himself, and a lot of times... Oh, we're going to get into that? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, we're going to get into that. So in 1951, at the age of 18 he worked briefly at a tobacco farm once he you know left this reform school Uh only two short years later he was arrested for assault yet again allegedly the victim who was a teenage girl insulted him so he beat her with a hammer oh my god oh probably called him peewee or called him tiny or something and he retaliated and beat her with a hammer (laughs) he was convicted and sentenced to six years in the south carolina penitentiary Uh where his violence would take its first turn towards murder. (laughs) And this is why you just mentioned it. While it was more likely that Pee Wee wanted to earn respect by other prisoners, he decided, I'm going to kill the most feared man in prison, Mr. Hazel Brazell. Okay. And he did. He killed him. And he was sentenced to an additional three years. But what he called was self-defense. Uh-huh. So he was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. But I think he was really, like, trying to not be the bitch. Right. prison yeah you know because of his small stature be like i can you know i can i'm high and mighty i can do this like yeah i can understand that raping me (laughs) i can understand it i can totally say like okay a lot of people say that like if you ever go to prison or whatever take out the strongest badass in the in the yard yes yep that's what they say yeah i wouldn't know but that's what they say (laughs) just in case (laughs) but guess what he escaped again. Are you kidding me? He jumped into a trash truck while at the penitentiary and made his way to Florida in 1955. <laughs> Fucking Florida! <laughs> what the fuck? But wait, there's more. He joined a traveling circus. Oh. Because he needed to make money, right? So he joined a circus. He was a carny. He was a, he was a mini guy. He was a, <laughs> he was the little guy. But he did end up getting rearrested for escaping prison. He went back, finished his sentence, and was released in 1961. After he was released, Pee Wee continued his crime sprees, such as burglaries, and then he was also moving and selling stolen property. He had this ring, this, this like little crime ring, right? where they would either move, basically like think of money laundering, they were doing that with stolen goods. Okay. So within two years of not getting caught, the rape of a 12-year-old girl would catch up with him. 
And he was sentenced to another eight years in prison. So he's been in and out of prison. Well, really in a prison other than escaping from it since he was 13. Yep, yep. He was sentenced to eight years, but upon parole in November of 1968, he moved to of all places, Sumter, South Carolina. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> My town. Crime chat link, baby. I don't feel bad because Florida's always mentioned. So you know what? It's, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, and Debbie's, Debbie, shout out to Debbie Chatter, her hometown too. Oh, shout out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> okay, so what happens next, right? We'll find out after a quick word from our sponsor. Now for a word from our sponsor. Today's segment has been sponsored by our friends at Fatal Beauty LLC, a vegan, cruelty-free, eco-friendly, woman-owned, and indie-inspired beauty line. They have all kinds of cosmetics and accessories, eyeshadows, lips, lashes, brushes, you name it, they have it. And they are absolutely committed to quality, which should never be a compromise. They are the only place you need to shop for great, fabulous, affordable makeup. And they have a variety of collections to include collabs with the amazing makeup artist Paul Dow. They also have a BFF collection, which is so fitting as this company was started by two besties who want you to feel like a queen. This BFF collection includes amazingly pigmented eyeshadow palettes, lashes, and lipsticks that are just gorgeous. But there's so much more to explore, and there is something literally for everyone. You can shop now at www.shopfatalbeauty.com using our code CRIMECHAT for a 20% off of your entire purchase. That's www.shopfatalbeauty.com to earn your discount today. Okay, and we're back. You have to keep going, Kat. Oh, oh there's more. Please. Okay. Please. So much more. So Pee-wee's first out-of-prison murder took place in 1969, where he tortured and killed a female hitchhiker, left her body in a swamp. Oh, my God. In a memoir he wrote later, he said, quote, all I could think about is how I could do anything I wanted to her, end quote. Oh, my God. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. Now, this woman was the first of many hitchhikers that he claimed he killed while he was driving around, like, the south, southern states of America. He also referred to them as his coastal killings. Mm. Pee-wee claimed that one he killed one person every six weeks in this time frame. Oh, my God. Which would lead up to his, you know, claim of, of over 100. The methods that he used suffocation stabbing but he also says that he ate some of his victims what i didn't know that that's what he claims okay so now let's talk about some of the known victims there are actually 15 confirmed murders 15 so i'm going to kind of go through some of those okay many of these coastal killings have never been founded which is why he claimed to have killed over 100 people because he claimed during this time frame that he killed so many Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until the following year in 1970 that authorities were actually able to confirm his murders. So first of which was a 15-year-old girl, Janice Kirby, his niece. What? And he also killed her friend, Patricia Ann Allsbrook, 17 years old at the same time. And the reason? He was mad because they were using drugs. Are you kidding me? That's what he says. Mm -hmm. But there's also allegations that he tried to rape them. Uh And guess where that took place? Sumter, South Carolina. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Not all of them did, but quite a bit. Now, a few months later, Pee Wee poisoned the girls, the two girls he killed, their alleged drug dealer. 
20-year-old Martha Ann Dix. There were also claims that he was the father of her unborn child, meaning that she was pregnant when he poisoned her. Oh my god. But that was also, that was not confirmed. I mean, this was the 70s. We really didn't have that, you know, genetic capability or whatever. Isn't it crazy how people like this can have like a code? Like some level of a, what they think is a moral code where he went after the drug dealer after he killed? Yeah. He's doing the right thing, right? He's mm. a vengeance. Like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have given drugs to my niece. Right. You know. You're the reason why she's dead. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Pee Wee then killed another pregnant woman in 1973. Oh, my God. Doreen Hope Dempsey and her two-year-old daughter, Robin Michelle Dempsey. His reasoning for this one? Well, he was racist. Allegedly, Pee Wee was so enraged that Doreen was pregnant by an African-American male that he killed her. They had been friends, Pee Wee and Doreen, for a a while. He befriended them. Doreen and her daughter were actually living with Pee Wee at the time. Uh, And he also had two roommates who who will come into play in a minute. They lived in North Charleston, which is maybe like an hour and a half away from me. After finding out that she was pregnant with an African-American, allegedly male's baby, he brought her to his home in Prospect, which is a little bit more north, still kind of coastal. South Carolina mm-hmm. and said basically I'll come I'll take care of you can you can live with me here he took him out to the pond behind his property and drowned both her and her two-year-old baby oh my god yeah and she was was she she's you said she was pregnant she was pregnant yeah I don't know how far along she was I couldn't really find that information but yeah she's pregnant that's an evil motherfucker mm-hmm. so that's his second pregnant woman that he's killed I mean to, to me I would also count the fetus yes yeah as a kill mm-hmm. really Yeah. So a few years later, one of his roommates I mentioned from North Charleston was also a criminal counterpart, was like part of this like criminal ring that he had. Uh His name was Johnny Sellers. Pee-wee shot and killed him in the back of the head. And then he actually stabbed Johnny's ex-girlfriend, Jessie Ruth Judy. Why do you think he killed them? I don't know. I mean, they're they're criminals. They, they're in a criminal ring. They told you're them gonna, to stand on a box. You're going <laughs> to... You insulted me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a criminal ring. He was afraid that Johnny was going to... So Pee Wee owed uh-huh. him some money about a boat. A boat that was stolen and, and sold. And he owed Johnny the money. He was afraid Johnny was going to come after him for that money. And then he was also afraid that Johnny was going to find out that he had this car theft gig, like, ring on the outside of what, like, Johnny didn't know about it. But they were supposedly, like, these partners in crime, right? So he killed Johnny because he thought, like, Johnny was going to find out. Then he just killed Jesse, the girlfriend or ex-girlfriend, because she was aware of the criminal activities and felt that she could turn him in. Yeah, paranoia. He was paranoid. He her. Oh, yeah. Now, 1975, Pee Wee was a busy man. He killed six people. Oh, my God. Confirmed. So the first one, Silas Barnwell Yates was killed by a cut to the throat, although Pee Wee claimed it was from his deadly karate chop. I'm not joking. He said, I, I karate chopped him. That's how I killed him. But the <laughs> coroner or the, the medical examiner said it was an actual cut to the throat. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. So it's not funny. Serious. <laughs> So this was actually a murder for hire. Pee-wee was hired to murder Silas for $1,500. It was like a whole, like, ex-girlfriend and her Uh ex-husband, like, kind of thing. Uh Lovers. He was a murder for hire. His second victim in 1975, well, second and third, were Diane Bellamy Neely, which is who is one of Pee-wee's co-conspirators in this criminal ring. He stabbed her, Diane, and then shot her boyfriend, Avery Leroy Howard, after Diane threatened to turn Pee-wee in for allowing teenagers to do it in his home. Like, he basically now had a whorehouse. <laughs> like, come, underage teenagers, get your oh sex on. Oh, my God. You know? He was a pervert anyways. I mean, he was already convicted yeah. of rape. So he stabbed Diane and then shot her boyfriend. 
and he killed Avery because he was afraid Avery, the boyfriend, would turn him in for all the criminal activities that he was involved in. Okay, number four. Number four was 13-year-old Kim Gelkins. She, poor baby, she was being repeatedly sexually abused, raped by adult men continuously, what? including Pee Wee. And now this could have been... a didn't, I don't know for sure. This could have been one of the teenagers that was having sex in his home, maybe. Now, he brought her to his house without her permission and kept her there. So, basically, like, kidnapped her also to keep her from telling the police what was going on. So, oh my God. he stabbed her to what death. a terrible person. In his home. Oh, my Lord. And then number five and number six for 1975, Dennis Bellamy and John Henry Knight were half-brothers, uh -huh. and they were related to Diane, the one that he killed six months previously. Pee-wee was supposed to pay Dennis for some stolen guns, and when they went to confront Pee-wee, he's like, yeah, man, you know what? I don't have the money, but I got a stack of guns here for you. You can have them. So they went out to go find uh -huh. this quote-unquote stack of guns. He shot them both in the back of the head. Dude, this guy is like... And bad <laughs> super bad he's making criminals look bad. i'm having sympathy for criminals <laughs> he's like an, a, right a criminal epitome of a criminal i know but he's worse like i'm i'm sympathizing with really bad people right now because he's worse yeah yeah holy crap so jump ahead into 1982 and i'll get to some of his arrests as well coming up in 1982 he was in prison he killed another fellow prisoner rudolph tyler who was convicted of a double murder they were both on death row well he was tyler rudolph was on death row so pb was hired while he was in prison so his second murder for hire to kill rudolph so what he did is he did a makeshift bomb somehow he got the c4 or whatever type of explosive where you have a blasting cap and an, an igniter and he made it to look like like an intercom speaker so he told Rudolph well we can talk to each other through the wall so you just hold it up to your ear and what happened was right. is when he plugged it in it detonated and boom bye bye Rudolph so Pee-wee would later say quote the last thing Rudolph heard was me laughing end quote holy crap yeah and he was in jail was in this is mm -hmm. happening in prison yes and I'll get to that like kind of how that all ties in so after his huge killing spree in 1975 November 14th he was arrested when an associate of his claimed that Pee-wee killed two half-brothers so the Bellamy's right Dennis and Johnny and he said Pee-wee confided in him and also had several people killed and buried in his property his family's property in Prospect South Carolina so in December of 1975 the police conducted a search warrant of his property and discovered eight victims so Pee-wee had he owned property in South Carolina it was like family property yeah oh okay okay yeah so he was found guilty of only one charge of murder in May of 1976 I don't know why it was just one charge but he was sentenced to to death. Uh -huh. Now, that was later overturned because and lowered to like life in prison uh -huh. without parole because the South Carolina conformed to the U.S. Supreme Court rulings on capital punishment, like early 80s, you know, all that capital punishment and stuff was being re-looked at, right? Right. So when he killed Rudolph in September of 1982, that was his second conviction to death. So he was sentenced actually twice to death. Now, crime chat fact, this is the first time in history of South Carolina that a white man was sentenced to death for murdering a black man. Really? 1982 people. Really? This is like way much later than it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? As far as convictions. And we've talked a little bit about that on mm -hmm. the posthumous pardons case that we did. But like, come on, people, get with wow. it. Wow. So 1982, the very first time a white man was sentenced to death for murdering a black man. So while on death row, this is where Pee Wee said that he killed at least 100 people. This claim also included a 13-year-old daughter of then South Carolina Senator James Cattuno. Her name was Margaret, uh, she went by Peg Cattuno of, drumroll please, Sumter, <laughs> South Carolina. <laughs> 
This murder and other murders that he claimed have been widely disputed. The hitchhiker murders, right? The hitchhiker killings uh-huh. or hitchhiker killer. And there's been no real evidence to help support the claims that he had. However, Peewee was executed September 6, 1991 at 1.10 in the morning in the electric chair, only hours after he tried to kill himself by slitting his wrists. His last words were, quote, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go, end quote. Now, I pulled up another article that was written by a gentleman by the name of Gigi Risby, and he, I want to read it as he wrote it because it's so animated. Okay. Because Mr. Rigsby was there and witnessed Pee Wee's execution. Uh-huh. He says, I knew Gaskins was 58, but he looked older. His head was shaved and he had a graying mustache. Even though he was five foot four and weighed 155 pounds, he seemed fatter. He walked into the chamber at 12.57 a.m., smiling at his crying attorney in the adjoining witness room. Gaskins had chosen attorney Kelly Branham of the South Carolina Death Penalty Resource Center as his witness. He wore dark blue pants, cut off at right above the knee, new white tennis shoes, and a long sleeve light blue shirt. He was clenching a tissue in his left hand. He grimaced as two leather straps were tightened around his arms, one around his chest, one around his waist, and one around each leg. A ground wire was attached to his right leg. Gaskin smiled and nodded at Branham, who was crying throughout the process. He seemed to be saying, quote, it's all right to her. But his words didn't carry through the heavy blue metal and glass walls separating the death chamber from the witness room. Officers gave him the opportunity to make a final statement. He didn't make any last-minute claims to know where more of his bodies of his victims were buried or ask for forgiveness. But he said, quote, I'll let my attorneys make my statements for me, end quote. At some point, Branham stood and turned her back to the scene unfolding in the next room. She stood sobbing as five reporters, one sheriff, and two medical personnel from the corrections department continued to watch. Officers covered Gaskin's face from the nose down with a wide piece of leather. They used it to pull his head back and strap it to the wooden chair. They then put a black cap on his head, covered his head with a brown cloth hood. The corrections officers attached a heavy black wire from the ceiling to the cap of Gaskin's head. Six of the ten people who had been in the execution chamber left the brick-walled room. One man had a telephone to each ear giving instructions to the three volunteers. Simultaneously pushed buttons, sending 2,000 volts of electricity through Gaskins. He jerked and, in a few seconds, later, relaxed. The second surge of power ran through his body. A doctor came from another room and checked Gaskin's pulse at his neck and wrist and then used a stethoscope to check for a heartbeat. The second doctor repeated the procedure and also lifted the brown hood slightly and shined a light into his eyes. George Martin, warden of the Broad River Correctional Institute, pronounced Gaskin's dead at 1.10 a.m. We filed out of the witness room and on the way out of the new one-story bread brick building, signed a piece of paper saying that we seen Gaskins die. Branham, his lawyer, at first refused to sign the paper, but did so when asked again by a corrections official. She left the building and walked across the neatly trimmed grounds with two of Gaskins' other's attorneys. She refused to ride back to the administrative buildings in the van she had. She and other witnesses arrived in. When I witnessed an execution in Georgia years ago, I told myself that if I got upset, I'd remind myself that the condemned man buried a man alive alive who was screaming for mercy and I didn't get upset but I spent my free time the day before the execution doing as much as I possibly could it was like the last day of vacation had arrived and I was trying to cram as much in as I could the experience made me much more appreciative of being alive wow. and that was just one man's take of witnessing 
this execution yeah. of Pee Wee Gaskins. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was very, like I said, animated, yeah. descriptive, maybe, and describing everything. Now, Pee Wee is actually cremated, and his remains were provided to his family, and nobody really? knows where he is. Well, yep. yeah. That's my ever so gruesome uh-huh. story of Pee Wee Gaskins. Yeah, you just give me my nightmares for the next week. Thank you very much, Kit <laughs> Adams. Thank you very much, Kit Kat. Well, thank you, Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. We love thank you, Debbie. Debbie. <laughs> You know something? If I was the her the public defender or the his attorney, mm-hmm. this is where I wouldn't. This is why I could never do that job. I would never feel bad. Sure knowing what he's done I would be like all right you're up you know like well and I think there's a special place and you have to have a special type of personality to be a defense attorney anyways now and I know a lot of defense attorneys just want to know like they're there to prove reasonable doubt Mm -hmm. right if there is a glimpse of reasonable doubt then prosecution loses essentially so that's what their goal is. They don't care what you did. They don't want to know mm-hmm. if you did it or didn't do it. And I've seen defense attorneys say, don't yeah. tell me. Uh. Let me do my job. And they look at it that way. But then you have other ones that are invested in their client. And even as a public defender. So that. I don't know. There's a special There's a special character it takes, I think, yes. to be a defense Just, attorney. That's a lot of evil yeah, to and, deal and with. I'm assuming that he spoke to his attorney when he said that, oh, speak to my attorneys. They'll have my last. He confessed, mm-hmm. I guess, to his attorneys of what he did with dating he killed a hundred people so he never provided any additional Mm. details as to like any cooperating information other than I killed one person about every six weeks while I was on the road. Yeah. N- doesn't know who they are. Doesn't give any other additional information. I mean, there could be mi- people that have been missing for 50, 60 years, right? Well, remember, so crimes in our backyard, that was a 70-year-old... No, I apologize. That was a... That happened in the 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pee Wee Gaskins could have killed them. They were hitchhikers. Right, right. And it was in this area. I mean, it's quite possible, but, we've, but it wasn't until January of last year when they were able to find out that through the DNA Doe Project who these people were. They still don't know who killed them. Wow. I mean, it could have very well been Pee Wee Gaskins. That little motherfucker got around. (laughs) I mean, it could have been, and I'm sure there is some credence to additional murders, but also at this time, if you think, if you remember the 80s, we've talked about it too, there was a lot of false confessions Mm -hmm. because they wanted the notoriety. Yeah. He wanted to be the meanest man in America. He wanted to be the redneck Charles Manson. Is that why you think he said about the senator's kid? Like, I killed... Probably. Wow. I killed, you know, a state senator's daughter. Yeah. I mean, but he doesn't describe how. And I know... I mean, there are autopsies and stuff that would have been done then where you can at least get, like, a, a manner of death, cause of death, manner of death kind of thing um, that would have corroborated. But he never... Pro- from what I understand, he never provided that information. So it's so many unknowns. Yeah. And if you think... If it's true, I mean, all of these all of these families that just don't have that closure. Yeah. Yeah. What a, he's evil. What a bad dude. He's, he's a mini evil. And what... And what yeah he's a he's a mini me evil like he's a little he's a little he's a bastard he's a bastard he's a little bastard and he's a real bastard he's a real bastard but just (laughs) knowing that his crimes were not just against against adults he killed children kids two-year-old kids yep ride the lightning motherfucker i'm sorry that's what i would that's what i would say (laughs) if i was his defense attorney listen you 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 killed that two-year-old bye bye Oh my god, that's terrible. Yeah, so shout out to Debbie. What a story. So there were so many. I mean, I knew of Pee Wee Gaskins. Uh I've heard of the story before. I've heard other people tell his story before. But getting into it, there's some things that I never really Uh quite realized.
realized yes our crime chat linked to uh you know the town i live in so there's that yes thank you debbie (laughs) and because we don't want to leave you hanging remember there's more information on this case on the after that crime chat yes Mm. i've got pictures um there's one picture specifically where he's actually Mm -hmm. when they did a search warrant on his home and they were finding the bodies the eight bodies that were buried in his property in prospect he they got him out there in chains and He's kind of like pointing to certain areas and stuff of where people are buried. So I've got some pictures, resources, of course, I always put up there. And we want to hear what you have to say. So don't forget to uh-huh. follow Crime yes. Chat with Matt and Kat. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. We, we try, we always promo kind of what we got going on, so. Yes, and don't forget to subscribe to our Patreon. Yes. Which we have bonus episodes and bloopers, and, and we're going to have a full CD of cat singing at this point. <laughs> okay. We got our second bonus episode coming up, and I'm so yes. excited about that. So the bonus episodes are where there's a, there's a fifth Saturday in the month. Mm-hmm. Which only happens a few times a year. Mm-hmm. You get a you get a bonus crime chat, and you can only hear that in full on Patreon. Yes, yes. So check it out, and also check out the merch in the works. Yes, yeah. That's this is gonna be good. It's gonna be great. You don't want to miss our next episode. We are gonna go over sinful spirits, Mothman. Yep. So it's it's. Are we going to call that a sinful spirit? Sure. Why not? It's just another excuse to drink. (laughs) We're calling it a sinful spirit. Yes. And you know what? Sinful spirits, when we pop open something that we're enjoying, whether it be a margarita or a glass of wine, let us know your sinful spirit of choice and join us for our next episode. You do not want to miss it. I'll be there. Nat will be there. You need to be there. Yes. All right. (laughs) In the litter box. In the litter box. Okay, chatters, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.